Victor Wimbayama's health, Scoot Henderson's shooting range, the Thompson Twins' jump shot, and did Terquavion Smith add weight? How much of these areas of concern will impact the 2023 NBA Draft? Stay tuned and I will give my opinion on how these areas, if not addressed this summer, could change next June's draft. Stay tuned. What is up? Happy Monday. Shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. This is Rafael Barlow. I am your host for today. This is the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast, as you know, which is your daily NBA draft podcast. I am Rafael Barlow, the director of scouting for NBA Big Board and the founder of NBADraftJunkies.com. It is Sunday night while I'm recording. By the time you hear this, it will be Monday morning. And I will be in Paris. I am catching a flight later on tonight to go to Paris because Victor Wimbayama, who posted another big game, it's his first official uh, game to start the season after a couple monster preseason games. I think he had 23 points in this game uh, a couple days ago. So I am going to Paris, well, the Paris area, to check him out live. I'm really, really looking forward to this. It'd be my second time watching him perform live, but he has a totally, totally different role this year compared to to last year. And the way he's been playing the last few games, it's definitely um, something that I'm looking forward to seeing. And one of the reasons why I'm so interested in watching Wimbayama live and covering him live is because back in 2016-17, I was staying in Europe, I stayed in Istanbul, and I had a chance to watch Luka Doncic before he had the big breakout season. And if I could do it all over again, I would have tried my best to spend as much time in Europe and just document what Luka did and just kind of bring some attention to the American audience, to, to the casual fans of how special of a player he was. I think there's some people that just did not realize how great of a player Luka was at the time and, and what he would be. And there are a lot of people that had a lot of doubts. And so I told myself, if there's ever a prospect in Europe that is that can be on that level, is that special, I'm going to try to make sure I'm at as many games as possible and, and do as much reporting for the casual fans. So I'm on my way, again, to watch Victor Wimbayama. Then I'll be there. I'll, I'll watch two games, and then I'll catch a flight to Las Vegas I watched the Wimbayama and Scoot Henderson matchup. So looking forward to it. And in this episode, again, I'm just going to talk about a few areas of concern and how it could impact the draft in June, because it is now officially fall. Well, I live in Texas, not fall. It's like 96 degrees right now, which when I go to Paris, it's going to like really be fall. So I'm having to dig out sweatshirts and hoodies, which doesn't seem like it's coming anytime soon in Texas, but it's it's officially fall, which means, again, we're just weeks away from the start of college basketball and NBA basketball. NBA training camps start, or media days start this week. Basketball in Europe has already started. I mean, they've probably played four or five preseason games. Some leagues have, some leagues have already started their regular season, and then college basketball, I, I want to say it's probably like 40-something days away. But what I'm looking forward to is, is of course, all the leagues started G League, college basketball, overtime. But what I'm looking forward to seeing is how some of the top prospects 
spent their summer as far as like what did they add to their game did they address some of the biggest concerns that i have and i'll just go ahead and start with Wimbayama. and for him the biggest concern is obviously his health his health is the biggest concern and only way he can i guess really kind of have worked on that this summer would be to to get stronger he's still a little thin i mean i, I expect him to to be thin i think it's going to be a few years before his body fills out but the biggest concern for him is that somehow he address i mean i don't even know if it's possible address some of the injuries that he's had and i think injuries are probably the only thing that can prevent him from being the top overall pick because he missed 40 games last year with just a you know variation of injuries whether it was like a muscle injury he had a shoulder contusion a broken finger He's had a stress fracture in his fibula before. And so the question is, can he stay healthy? And this year, he's going to have the biggest role that he's had over the past few years playing against grown men. And the concern is, can he stay healthy? And I think it was smart for his agency to put him in a, in a domestic league only where he's playing once a week as opposed to playing twice a week at that crazy long EuroLeague schedule. But that's the biggest concern. Now, the next concern I have is Scoot Henderson. I kind of mentioned it briefly in the open is did Scoot work on his jump shot? Now, I imagine he's been in the gym shooting jump shots after jump shot after jump shot. But the question is, will it translate? Because he's a, a really good shooter inside of 17 feet. He ranked among the best players in the G League and um, jumpers inside of 17 feet. I mean, he is an advanced pull up shooter. I love his pull-up game. I know people are kind of against the mid-range, but I love that Scoot has that in his game at such an early age. And I think that the biggest adjustment for him going from, you know, high school AU ball to playing professionally was the NBA three-point line. And he only shot like 22.9% from three. So the biggest area that I want to see him make improvements on or hope that he spent his summers doing was improving his range now, I'd also like to see him mix in some soft touch finishes or some floaters around the rim. He only took seven floaters or runners all last season, according to the numbers at Synergy. So it's pretty much a mid-range jump shot or getting to the rim. And even at the rim, he only shot 55% at the rim, which is not, it's, it's not terrible, but it's, I mean, I guess you can say it's terrible. It was only in the 27 percentile in the G League. So what I would like to see him have added to his game this summer is, of course, again, expanding his range, becoming a better three-point shooter, and also adding a little bit of, like I said, soft-touch finishes or floaters instead of being so predictable going to the rack. I mean, we saw Derrick Rose, who I think is a, a very good comparison. Derrick Rose added, like, the little runner and I, I wouldn't even really call Derrick Rose as a floater because he has such a flat shot, but I guess you, you can say. But anyway, he added, like I said, a soft touch finish package, you know, as he got older. So everything wasn't always at the rim. Of course, you know, when you're relentlessly attacking the rim like that, you're, you're taking a lot of contact and getting bumps and bruises and so on. So that is an area that I want to see. I want to see Scoot make at least a floater game. One or two, I mean, only seven all last year. Again, the floater, like I said, in three-point shooting. Another prospect that I have some concerns about his his shooting, 
and it's not necessarily like it's 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 on a different level than Scoot. I think he's a good shooter, but I would like to see if he becomes a little bit more consistent. And that is Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore is the guy that a lot of people think could be the third pick. They have him as a top five pick. He is going to Villanova. He's like this, I don't know, this crazy athletic, I mean, crazy motor, just highly energetic, very, very good prospect. And the concern for him, at least in my opinion, I want to see if he spent this summer becoming a more consistent shooter. Now, if he can show the same shooting consistency that he showed at the under-18s, then he's definitely a top-five pick. But I want to see if he understands the game a little more. He's he's so energetic and he's so athletic that he has a tendency to play out of control. He can play too fast. He can pick up a lot of charges. So I want to see if he has a better understanding of pace. And then I want to see if he adds a mid-range pull-up and also soft touch finishes he's a guy that he shoots threes or he's going to the rack there's really not a lot in between and I think that if he can add like a mid-range pull-up then we're talking about a three-level score and then also just like different soft touch finishes like even when he's in the post to where not everything is like a power layup if he can add like you know just some jump hooks or something like that I think that will be very very beneficial to his game all right when we return, I'll go down a few of the other players that I'm looking forward to seeing what they worked on this summer. But I have to talk to you about BetOnline because BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting this season. You can find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there, the fastest. And the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, it is where the game starts. All right, once again, you are listening to the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast. I'm your host, Rafael Barlow. Shout out to each and every person that has made the Locked on NBA Big Board podcast your first listen of the day. All right, let's talk about the Thompson Twins. Now, I had mentioned in the opening, I just wanted to see if they worked in their jump shots. Now, their jumper or lack of jump shot is even a bigger concern to me than Scoot Henderson. Like... They really, really, really should have been in the lab all summer working on their jump shots. And I know I saw a post or, or comment on uh, my last video about uh, players that I had in my top eight. And there was a guy that was just so adamant about the Thompson Twins should not be ranked as high as I have them ranked because they can't shoot. And, I mean, that's a very, very fair assessment. Like, they really, really struggle with shooting like here's our other numbers um one twin 29 percent on jumpers um i'm in 29 on jumpers 26.7 percent on catch and shoot jumpers he was six for 22 unguarded on catch and shoot jumpers only 25 percent from three and this despite the fact that crazy athletic only 55 percent on layups and then there's a sore 28.7% on jumpers, 26.5% on catch and shoot. He was 5 of 29 on unguarded catch and shoot jumpers and 28% from three. He was a little bit better finishing at the rim. Now, 
it's it's crazy because they're identical, right? And their stats are almost identical. I mean, 26.7% and 28.7% on jumpers. I'm sorry, 29% and 28.7% on jumpers. So just what three tenths of a point separates there, the difference in percentage there. Then you got 26.7% and 26.5% on catch and shoot. I mean, combined, they made like 11 out of 50, <laughs> like give or take a few, 11 out of 50 on catch and shoot jumpers. So it's, it's like the biggest glaring weakness. It's something that everyone knows that they struggle with. It's going to be interesting because they're playing on the same team this year. I know there's some people that still have a little bit of concerns about overtime elite as far as the competition and people are probably wondering, like, how do they end up on the same team? And if you got two non-shooters on the same team, no matter how talented they are, you have to imagine other teams are going to defend them with boxes and elbows. And so I'm looking forward to, um, you know, watching overtime's games this season just because, you know, clearly I want to watch what the two Thompson twins are doing. But I just want to see how teams are defending them, playing together. And I want to see if, again, they've made some improvements on the jumpers. So here's another guy that I think has a potential to be a lottery pick. And shooting is something that I'm hoping that he spent a lot of time working on this summer. And it is Dylan Mitchell, a freshman from Texas. He is a very reluctant shooter. Kind of reminds me of Kendall Brown in a sense, as far as just his reluctancy to shoot jump shots. Now, based off the numbers according to Synergy, which, you know, could be wrong, but he only attempted seven Seven, yes, seven jump shots all last season at Montverde. Seven jump shots. I mean, there are guys that take that in the game. And he is someone, he kind of reminds me of Marjan Beauchamp a little bit. Is, is just like this athletic guy that can, you know, change and impact games off his energy, cutting, rebounding, athleticism, just has so many different things that he can do to, again, impact games and winning without dominating the ball. But the concern is that the jump shooting, hopefully he, you know, again, put in the time and worked on his jump shot. It doesn't necessarily have to be a ridiculous amount of threes. I mean, just want to see him a little bit more confident and unafraid to let it fly. Because you look at Kendall Brown, he's someone who at one point last year I thought was going to be a top 10 pick. And then he just did not seem to have the confidence in his jump shot. And I mean, despite how talented he is, he just kind of had some games where he just didn't really make an impact and it ended up costing him. He he went from a guy that I thought was going to go top 10 and I'm not the only one. And he ended up, I believe he signed a two-way deal. I know he fell late in the draft, 48, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. Dylan Mitchell could end up being in that same situation. So again, if he's a top 10 pick, I understand. If he falls because he's such a reluctant shooter, I totally get that. But I would like to see him show a little bit more confidence in his jump shot going into his freshman year. All right, another player that I don't want to say it's something that I want to see him, a specific skill set I want to see him work on um, as far as like the, the biggest, how it can impact the draft. But I'll get to some skills that I would like to see him have improved on. But it's Keontae George. I'm a big Keontae George fan. I'm a huge Keontae George fan. I think he is a top five pick, but the concern there, and I've mentioned it before, is he joins a Baylor team that is returning two of their top scorers who happen to play the same position. 
LJ Cryer and Adam Flagler returned. Flagler averaged 13.8 points per game last year, shot 38% from deep. And Cryer, before he got hurt, he might have been Baylor's leading scorer. And he shot, he averaged 13.5 points per game. And he, again, he might have been their leading scorer at the time. You know, I know people like to correct me. But he shot 46.8% from three. He is arguably the best shooter in college basketball. I know there's some other names, but he's, if he's not the best shooter, he is ranked as one of the best shooters in college basketball. I mean, 47% from three. So with Keontae, he's at, at the very minimum, you know, he's going to split minutes there. So he's going to have to find a way to play on the ball some, off the ball some. So that's kind of like my biggest concern for as far as like his draft stock. But as far as areas that I would like to see him improve on, I think it's more so the decision-making part. I think that he becomes a bigger weapon in the NBA if he is a point guard. I mean, we he can play. I was going to say we know, but not everybody follows <laughs> high school basketball like I do. But he is a, a guy that can play on the ball and off the ball. I think if he shows flashes of being able to run a team and be a point guard, which, again, I, 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 let me say it different. He has shown flashes that he can do that. And he's shown that he has the, the, the vision to make passes. He can see the floor. It's just balancing out being the point guard and being the scorer. If he can find a way to balance that out, I think he ends up being a top five pick. But again, it could be a weird situation because he may have to spend the majority of the time off the ball. You just never know. I'm really curious to see how everything pans out at, at Baylor this season. All right. One more player before, before I get into break. And that's Leonard Miller. I want to see Leonard Miller, who's going to be playing for the G League Ignite, Canadian. He kind of tested the waters at the draft last summer or, or this past summer. I saw him at the combine where he looked absolutely lost. I mean, he looked like a deer with the headlights on. I mean, he looked lost. He was clearly the youngest player there. He looked like the youngest player there. And he showed small glimpses of what he could do, but he just looked like the game was too fast for him. He looked like, you know, a guy that was in middle school that was talented, that you know, just jumped on with the varsity. And you can see the, the talent, but everything was too fast. So with Leonard Miller, I want to see, can he improve his rawness? <laughs> I know that probably sounds like a crazy choice of words, but can he add a little bit more polish to his game? Because he has this skill set and this, this combination of size and fluidity and ball handling and upside as a shooter and passing that has to intrigue every single team so right now he's more so a guy that you you see as a high upside guy he's more of a project if he can round his game out improve his shot selection and his decision making and if he can continue to make strides as a shooter then I, I, he could be a lottery pick I mean he has a chance he's that talented so what I'm hoping that he worked on is the outside shooting. I know that the shot is kind of funky. The release is kind of low. Um, I don't know if that's something that he may need to do. I don't know if he's going to shoot a lot of jumpers off the dribble anyway, but if he ends up being like a guy that plays off the ball, he can knock down catch-and-shoot jumpers, then it may not be that big of a deal. But, yeah, I want to know if he watched a lot of film, if he just played a lot of pickup with older guys and just kind of, again, just add a little bit more polish to his game. And that's what I would – Hope that he worked on this summer. All right. 
when we return, I have a few more guys, a few freshmen, a mix of seniors that I want to talk about that I wonder if they worked on a few of these things this offseason, if it could impact the 2023 NBA draft. All right, once again, you're listening to the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. And in this episode, I'm talking about what areas that I want to see guys improve on this summer. All right, Terquavion Smith, one of my favorite players in this draft. I have Terquavion as a lottery pick. He is absolutely exciting. He is a dynamic scorer. You know, when I mentioned like Dylan Mitchell as a reluctant shooter, that is not something that Terquavion has to worry about. He is the epitome of elite, elite self-confidence. If it, I mean, there's never been a shot that he did not like. He is one of my favorite guys to watch just from an entertainment standpoint. But the question for him is, can he get bigger? Can he put on some weight? He played last season at like a buck 65. Now it's probably soaking wet. I mean, they probably added on a couple pounds there. But that's the, the big concern about him is can he add weight or did he get stronger? Can he defend multiple positions? Because it's going to be very, very tough to defend in the NBA at 165 pounds. I mean, it's, it's tough to defend in the NBA, period. But if he's 165 pounds, then guys are just going to run right through him. Even like the guys in the NBA that you may not think are strong are really strong as far as like their core. I mean, you look at like Steph Curry. You don't think of Steph as like this really strong guy, but if you just look at his shoulders and his arms and his core and how he finishes through contact, you know that he's strong. I mean, Kyrie is strong. I mean, Dame Lillard, these guys are are strong. These guys probably weigh 30 pounds at the minimum, 30 pounds more than Terquavion. So he's going to have to bulk up, put on weight. As far as like his game, um, you know, kind of balancing out the 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 confidence in his shot because that leads to like some crazy shot selection. If he can balance that out, and he's another guy similar to Keontae who has shown some flashes of of having court vision and been able to make nice reads. If he can make strides as a passer, because I think that well, I shouldn't say I think I know that he's going to be on the top of scouting reports this year. He's in, he's going to be you know he's going to have a different role. He's going to go from being a guy that came out of nowhere to being somebody that people are going to try to make a name for themselves defending. So if he, if he can lead a team to more wins than they had last year, which, you know, <laughs> they weren't really good last year. If he can lead a team to more wins, show more so of a, a a role as a playmaker. But then again, that may not be his role. He could end up being like a Jordan Poole type guy where, you know, you get him in the right situation and he's just instant offense off the bench or – you know, maybe not off the bench, but he's a complimentary guy. But again, wait. I want to see if Terquavion can at least get to, just give me 175, 173, something like that. I mean, that's better than, than 160. A group of guys that I'm going to put together, I'm going to put them in a group um, together, are Drew Timmy and Trace Jackson Davis. I talked about them on a previous episode. They are guys that I think could have a breakout senior year, and the biggest area for them that I want to see if they worked on this summer is the outside shooting. I mean, both guys are college stars, kind of dominant on the college level, but in order for in order for them to, you know, have like a long NBA career, I think they need to be able to space the floor because in my opinion, it's, it's tough to be a big in today's NBA if you don't anchor the defense or space the floor. 
And sometimes I don't even know if it matters what you do in between. If you're a great offensive player, a great post-up player, but if you don't anchor the defense as a big or you're not a floor spacer, then I think it can be tough to find a role. So with both of these guys, despite their crazy accolades that they've had in college basketball, shooting, 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 shooting. Arthur Kaluma, the freshman from Creighton, hometown Omaha Creighton Blue Jays. He's another player that I want to see add a little bit of polish to his game. Um, I actually thought that after the Kansas game, his stock was so high that it may have been a good time to leave. I decided to come back. Creighton's going to be really, really good this year. And Kaluma is a, a their top NBA prospect. And outside shooting is an area that I want to see him work on. All right, and then a couple of freshmen, Julian Phillips and Jairus Walker. Julian Phillips has a lot of the things that teams like. I mean, he is, you know, he, he's just a guy that can change games without really dominating the ball. He has good NBA positional size. He's a good athlete. He is, you know, when I wrote in my notes, he's a guy that I just wrote live body. He's active. He plays hard. He draws fouls with his activity. And he shows some ability to make shots. I mean, he can shoot off the catch. He has some isolation scoring in his game, but he's a good shooter all over the floor. He's a transition finisher. He's a good cutter. He rebounds. I mean, he just does a lot of winning things. The area that I would love to see him make strides on, and hopefully he worked on it this summer, is his offensive creativity off the dribble. Now, I know you're probably like, didn't you say his isolation score? Yeah, he can score some in isolation, but it's more kind of like he can, you know, one, two dribbles, elevate over the top, and he does kind of have like a, a mid-post game. But I would love to see him add a little shake and bake, a little creativity off the bounce, you know, whether it's, you know, just a, a guy like Terquavion, for example. I mean, Terquavion is the epitome of offensive creativity. And if Julian Phillips can add a little bit of that to his game, then I think he has a potential, potential to be selected in the lottery. Again, in order for him to get there, he's going to have to work on his ball handling. And like Terquavion, he's going to get have to get a little bit stronger. But offensive creativity, which is, to me, it's like, hey, I hope he played a lot, a lot of one-on-one. And I think with that added dimension to his game, potential lottery pick all right Jairus Walker I'm high on Walker I, I have him as a top 10 pick and my biggest concern for him because he does a little bit of everything he does a little bit of everything I, I'll go over his credentials he's going to be a freshman at Houston good positional size he has a strong frame he should be able to play both forward spots has a good pace to his game. He's strong enough to bully weaker opponents. And then he is skilled enough to where if you put a big on him, he can, you know, he can take advantage of that. He can handle the ball in transition. But the biggest concern for me is the shooting consistency. And he has such a slow set shot. I think that he needs to speed it up. If he can speed it up a little bit, I think that's going to help him. He doesn't have like this great blow by speed to where he's just going to blow by guys off the dribble. But he just has so many different tools, and the concern is speeding up the shot, the shot consistency, and he's a little bit of a reluctant shooter. And I wonder, is the reluctancy to shoot from three because he feels like defenders can can get a hand on it and alter it because the shot is a little slow? So those are a couple things that I'm looking for 
to to watching this season. And again, hopefully, hopefully every player that I mentioned added a little bit to their game this summer because if they didn't, it could really impact the draft. I mean, if you look at last year's draft at this time, Caleb Houston, Jaden Hardy, Yannick Sosa, um, uh, geez, the kid from some Peyton Watson. I mean, all of these guys were projected top 10. And looking back on it, there were things that were in their game. They had holes in their game that we knew about at this time last year that we felt like if they, I forgot to mention, um, she's the kid, Patrick Baldwin Jr., that there were, there was evidence in in their games of the reason why they fell. I mean, Peyton Watson just didn't really get a full opportunity. But there were some signs there. And that's what I'm looking for this year. The signs that could possibly end up hurting guys to where, you know, we have them high now and they could end up falling because certain things that we saw as red flags that we kind of overlooked them because we spent more time paying attention to what they can do, which I think is only fair. I think you should pay more attention to what a guy can do as opposed to what he can't do. But sometimes what he can't do can impact (laughs) where he's drafted at. Well, once again, shout out to each and every person for making NBA Big Board Podcast your first listen of the day. Now, for your next listen, check out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the planet. And that's no lie. I mean, Josh Lloyd has the top fantasy basketball show in the world. It is free and it is available wherever you get your podcast. So you got to check it out. Josh Lloyd is great at what he does. Once again, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. I'm Rafael Barlow. The next time you hear from me, I will be recording from Paris. Maybe I'll open up with a bonjour and I'll give you an update on Victor Wimbayama. Hopefully everybody enjoyed their weekend and I, I'm out. Peace.